0: You're listening to W-E-R-A-L-P, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.fm.
1: When you become curious about something, you're choosing to let go of everything you know. You drop everything you know, and you just plunge, you just jump into things.
0: Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to Be Curious. Welcome. In my family, the cranberry sauce decides who does the Thanksgiving dishes. Along with the holiday standards, our table is always set with both a chunky, homemade cranberry sauce and the classic cranberry jelly from a can. The jelly gets plopped into a bowl, standing upright, on end. And the rule is, you take your scoops of jelly from the bottom, and whoever makes the jelly fall does the dishes. This rule is irrefutable. It is absolute, and everyone accepts the outcome. It is arguably arbitrary, but it's our rule, and we like it. In fact, I suspect that we like its ridiculousness. How else are you going to decide who does all those dishes? As the holiday season approached, I found myself thinking about tradition and culture, the intangible heritage of home and community, that marks each of us as from very special and specific places, and from some very special and particular people. When we join others for a meal, holiday or otherwise, we navigate norms that may or may not be clear to us, and we enter cultures perhaps markedly different from our own. Some of us really enjoy that experience, others maybe not so much, and some of us Manage it better than others? And why is that? How might we become more comfortable, maybe more adept in those situations? And might choosing to be curious about our own practices, our own culture, help us understand and immerse in others better? This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but Mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life or over a meal and in the face of the unfamiliar. Some people can sit at the table, literal or figurative, with others and interpret unfamiliar or even ambiguous gestures or practices like a native. We call that cultural intelligence, the capability to relate and work effectively across cultures. Cultural intelligence is isn't fixed. We can learn it. And in reading about cultural intelligence, I was struck that its cultivation calls upon so many aspects of curiosity, empathy, adaptability, a tolerance for ambiguity. I got to reading about cultural intelligence, not because I knew of its links back to curiosity, but because I had the good fortune of being introduced to Asma Ahmad, ASMA is the visionary and driving force behind the social enterprise startup Zaha, an immersive cultural experience that provides opportunities to connect and engage with people from other cultures through co-created food experiences and storytelling. Zaha's objective is to replace cultural misconceptions with understanding. It's grounded in three essential values that certainly speak to me, empathy inclusion, and curiosity. A Palestinian born in Kuwait, educated in the UK, now living in Dubai, Asma says she came up with Zaha as a reminder to people that what unites us is greater than what can divide us. So welcome Asma and thank you for joining us from Dubai and the United Arab Emirates.
1: Thank you so much for the lovely introduction. Um, I'm very touched. Thank you that you have the capacity to relate to it this way. I'm so grateful.
0: Well, I found it really easy actually, <laughs> because it feels to me so so intuitively right and so timely. So tell me tell me a little bit about the inspiration for this enterprise of yours.
1: Well, I would say that my consciousness about the otherness of others just emerged around the time when I turned seven, uh, when my parents migrated from one country to another because of war, um they chose to go back to their hometown. Mm-hmm. was they were empty-handed, so there was the financial adversity, you know that we had to go through. I have seven siblings, typical Palestinian family size. And um, because we grew up abroad, we have developed some sort of different mannerisms. You know, we Mm -hmm. spoke Mm -hmm. a different dialect. And that, to the community that we were part of, apparently came across kind of intimidating. So instead for them to explore that, you know, what came across to them different, they chose not only not to embrace, but also to reject it openly. Mm.
0: So you were sort of going to what was home, but it was not, it was not a welcoming place. No,
1: it didn't feel pleasant. Yeah. You know, you you, yeah. you think that resorting to a place that is called home because your parents were born there uh, would feel pleasant, though it did not feel pleasant. And my, and since then, Len, I would say I've been on that journey, on that search for what home is to me. Mm. So I experienced the pain of being judged. Uh, I became aware of me and the other and I chose to resort to myself, close myself off from interacting with the surrounding. That was painful so I had to go through this isolation for almost 12 years and I would say what also neutralized that pain, my father's openness towards other people. So so that, that kind of neutralized the pain that I've gone through. So I used to be picked upon going to school each and every day because I also, um, I don't wear hijab, you know, the veil. Uh-huh. Back then, it was kind of an unusual thing. Okay, so that caused some sort of also kind of, it was not perceived as a decent thing in my community, though now maybe it's kind of, um, a usual thing to see around, but back then was not um, a common thing. So that added to the pain I was going through. And I've always wanted just to escape that environment. So then I was working on, on getting a scholarship and finally managed to get one in the UK and I went to the one of the top four business schools in the UK because I promised my mom to do so for her. <laughs> and you know, I'm glad that I made that promised land for my mom because when I went there to the UK, given that I was I was 25, I wanted to experience me being away from my support system. Would I be able to get through? And that was like an intentional thing I was after. So I experienced isolation in the UK, and I was still exploring the wilderness of my story, who I am, what, you know, what I'm made of, what's my construct. Am I only Palestinian? Am I only limited to the social norms or the physical place I'm coming from? And I was going through all the big questions, I would say for eight weeks. So I was floating, and hmm. I lost it. I felt that I wanted to drop out. But then I remembered that promise I made to my mom. And I said, okay, may, I'll try. I'll give it one more month. Maybe I'll try to put myself out there so others can meet me halfway through uh, and yeah. see how it feels. And of course, it was not overnight kind of a flip in the mindset. It took me some time. So gradually, I started to allow myself to be fully seen. And I would share with people my experience, my journey, by focusing on human and emotional aspects of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that unconsciously curated the safe space for others to come and join me and tackle their cultures in the same manner.
0: Well, it, it, goes back to, it goes back to what you said about needing to understand ourselves before we can understand the other. We have these assumptions we walk
1: in with. True, and they're so limiting to what it yeah. can be. Uh, so that was when I said to myself, you know what, maybe it's about time for me to just go back to my true calling and try, just try, to build a structured outlet that offers knowledge, that enables people to reconsider or reassess the usefulness of their assumptions about themselves and others through just exploring cultures with empathy and curiosity. How it started, just me wanting to self-express who I am through food. Why? Because I just had passion for food. (laughs) Literally, this is how it started in January 2018. And I started, though, it lacked structure. Had no clue how I can build a venture, structured venture. And I'm talking about, you know, a consultant. We sell plans to people. So for me (laughs) to... Just you know, pursue things out of complete curiosity, but then again, this happens when the pain of not being in a in a complete alignment with the essence of who you are outgrows the discomfort that comes with us plunging into the uncertainty. Because yeah. when you explore, when you become you know curious about something, you're choosing to let go of everything you know, right? You drop everything you know, and you just plunge. You just jump into things.
0: Yeah, so tell us about what the the Zaha experience itself is. Yes. It's built around food. It's built around storytelling. What does
1: that actually okay. mean? So what I've noticed, there is lack of structured outlet through which people from all walks of life can come together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and given that this is a strong wave of migration, whether it be from the village, to the city within the same country, or across borders, from one country to another, people are constantly on the move, There's, that is causing more of ignorance, and judgment, and prejudice, loneliness, isolation, that are limiting our capacity to learn from each other and collaborate. So in order... To just tackle the root cause of it, I thought of, let's make sure, at the very heart of the experiences, we have people from all walks of life. People from all cultural, social, economic backgrounds. Okay? So this is the, a key thing of what we do through the experiences. Through the experiences, we tackle different cultural express, expressions or domains. Food could be one. Music could be one, art and craft, herbs, yeah. tourism, okay? There are two key layers of each of the experiences. The first one is called the intangible heritage, which is basically exploring the human and emotional aspects that are behind this tackled cultural expression. Let's take food as an example, okay? So let's say I'm I'm introducing a food ingredient coming from Palestine. It's called... Let's refer to something called frika Okay, it's green wheat coming from the uh, northern part of Palestine, which is basically a cultural uh, community. So I would tell about who are behind this ingredient. Okay, this is a um, common thing yeah. for people in Palestine. You see the, so you see the frika you see this green wheat, you see it, and through me taking you through the journey of the people behind it, you literally travel with me to these places yeah yeah how it's grown see. who harvests it sure yes you start to see what's nice. behind it so this is the common this is the the first layer of each of the experiences and then we have two options for the second layer the second layer basically it could be a self-expression so me as a facilitator we call them maestros the zaha maestros um, me as a maestro i will share with you what does this freaky mean to me so this freaky might mean different things to different people it it definitely means something different to my siblings. Uh huh. Okay. So, freaky means to me, I see my father um, roasting the green wheat on an open fire, and I see the the smoke on his hands, and I see him rubbing through the, the smoked green wheat, and so on. Uh-huh. And I would describe the smell of it, and so on. So, this is what freaky means to me. You might go to another self expression of freaky another maestro, and he would be sharing, maybe from Palestine, would be sharing a different feeling and different interpretation of it. And of course, you cook something and you offer it to people. But this way, you start to see different examples from the same culture. Right. You start to see people for who they are. The other option for the second layer, which is the co-creation, and this is very important. So I thought the self-expression would give you a chance to get to know who I am, my inner being. But I also want you actually get exposed to this knowledge to have a meaningful application of this knowledge that one day was strange to you before you experienced Saha. So let's say I'm doing co-creation with Fike. I would introduce what's behind freak, And then I'll give you the chance, use maybe seasoning that you know, and do something with Fike, co-create with it. So next time you come across something strange from a different culture hopefully you remember your experience with Zaha and try to play with it try to do something with it you know yeah
0: yeah what i like about that is that invitation to incorporate you know so so i would think well what what recipes do i have what are what are dishes that i make where this might be an interesting addition alternative substitution True. To play yeah. with it, it sort of expand. It expands my world in a yeah. in a small but very
1: tangible way. Yeah, but then I'll be taking also the the recipes of you and other explorers and take them back to people in Palestine to learn new ways of cooking sweet. Ah, and this way, I have expanded also. Yeah, I've yep. expanded also their world. You know, so we have done the self expression and co creation for food. We have done the self-expression for herbs. Of course, co-creation, mm-hmm. we do it when it's applicable, when it's meaningful. Uh, now we're working on the self-expression and co-creation for the craft and so on, you know? So why we do all of this? Because I've realized giving people access to a knowledge that would you know, enable them to reconsider and think. It's not like you've got to add a few elements to it, which I strongly believe are the main constructs of what a cultural intelligence is. So the acknowledgement of the cultural confusion, it's okay for others to have different means of pursuing the same topic. It's okay for two siblings from the same family to relate to a Uh food ingredient it could you know it very could go down to a simple thing and it grow to the most sophisticated aspects of our our mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this is the basic thing, the acknowledgement of the cultural confusion, the suspension of the judgment, and this is that we always say, like I see Zaha experiences are very welcoming and engaging, where everyone is included. we We expect people just to be who they are, so we don't judge them. And this this kind of facilitate the access to the inner being of who we are. And hoping after we conduct so many experiences, we instead of looking at the otherness of others as you know as intimidating, I hope that we one day look at it as a cause for celebration, a cause for learning. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed enough, and I'm so grateful that I've done certain, through certain interesting challenges in life that have helped me to build this proactiveness, but also I build this craveness. I want to deeply bond with people. And again, because I've been always on the search for the sense of safety and security and significance, I came to realize that the more I interact with people who are different than me, the, the higher the possibility for me to acquire a knowledge that would enable me to better manage life challenges, like the one that my parents have gone through. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm struck that a savvy businesswoman like yourself grounds her company in three values that others might think of as, I don't know, soft. Mm -hmm. Um, Empathy. I know. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm and i'm not judging them i'm loving yeah, yeah, them I'm right like them. but i'm interested in this empathy inclusion and curiosity with your business hat on how do you incorporate those i see how you do it from the heart that seems to me incredibly intuitive as you think about it is it possible to think about it not from the heart and how does that play into the model of what you're doing
1: you know, I'm choosing this week to go through um, a revision uh, kind of exercise where I'm inviting mm. a very intelligent lady to challenge me you on know, every single aspect of it. You know, oh, I mean, interesting. it's not easy. Ooh, good for you. I know some sort of wow, that's brave. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. But I'm also curious about yeah. what are the other more interesting, cost-effective approaches to carry our vision?
0: yeah yeah so uh, what I love about that is that you are living what I feel like is is very clearly articulated as the foundation, even the name of the company, right yeah. that you are committing yourself in its creation and not sort of settling in and kind of colonizing a model and staying put you're You're continuing to push it, and I feel like I would be remiss (laughs) to not ask you to explain the name yeah, because it's such a lovely story.
1: Thank you. First of all, it's the name of my grandma, who is 94 plus, and still looks after herself. And she's known in the village for her emotional and physical resilience. And Mm. to me, she resembles the aliveness, the appetite for life the need, just the desire, strong desire to go and explore the world with its different cultures. And mm-hmm. in Arabic, it means the growth journey. When you plant something, it grows and blossoms. And this is what happens to us humans when we choose to listen to each other without prejudice, you know, and connect or bond and grow together. So, you know, even myself, okay, I'm the founder, um, I'm the one who's designing the experiences. But I was just reflecting on it today. I have a better understanding of who I am because of me sharing my inner being through the, the throughout the different experiences I have conducted when I was the maestro.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And I see how it helps so many people who have been to the experiences. Some of them are friends who would come to me and open up about it and, and speak um, freely because again, we don't judge um, how at the beginning it was very challenging for them to put themselves out there and to allow themselves to be fully seen. And then how gradually they develop this ownership towards their story and who they are. So this is what Zaha offers. It's, it's,
0: yeah
1: I see like there's a bit of each one of us and And the other people that we come across in life.
0: I often ask my guests if they have curiosity practices that they could share with us. And it seems to me that the whole Zaha experience, to be an explorer or a maestro, is a curiosity practice. So for those of us who don't have the good fortune of being nearby you in Dubai, are there kind of portable practices that you think the rest of us might learn from what you've been doing so far?
1: Yes, of course. I mean, what's holding us back from listening to the inner voices inside us of needing or desiring to put ourselves out there and explore new forms of our being or getting curious about something or pursuing what seems to be our true calling. Mm -hmm. There's the fear of letting go of everything that we have known about ourselves which is scary because you come across your insecurities Mm. face to face but what literally helped me to get through this because there is emotional roller coaster and there's this big question of who I am amid of the case you know like me designing working on it working in it building (laughs) literally building empathy for people not being able to relate to my story and what I'm doing some of which was my brother, my elder brother, you know? So it's not easy. Managing. Yeah, brave work. Managing, thank you. Managing all of it. But the moment I started to look at the emotional roller coaster or the fear or the uncomfortable, you know, the unpleasant emotions, the moment I became curious about them, what do they mean to me? What's behind them? They're telling me something about who I am. Um, it became more enjoyable. It became more exciting. So whenever I feel down, I try to understand what's my opinion about what happened.
0: Are you saying the more uncomfortable it got, the better it felt?
1: Yes, because Ah, that's great. it, It tells me something about who I am. And yeah, so I would say whenever something speaks to your being, don't ignore that inner voice. It's coming from somewhere. And not everything that needs like you know, a, a logical point of view to be interpreted. You could just pursue things out of intuition. And you know what? Pursue it. If it doesn't lead you to somewhere, you still have, until the end of your life, to experience other things. I mean, if we just pursue life from a place of being, we remove the ego, we listen to our inner voice, it becomes interesting. It's scary, though, it sure still. <laughs> but
0: it's it's... Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but more alive. True, big time. Asma, thank you <laughs> thank
1: so, so much, much for this. This has been really delightful. It's, it's been an honor to be featured on your show. And um, I've been blessed to have a, come across people with human intelligence like yourself. People are living miles away and still being um, capable of relating to my story. But this is a proof that we humans are the same. The very essence of who we are, we are the same. We're seeking for the same things. So thank you so much. I'm so blessed. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to WERA 967 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or any of the other great shows here on Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at Wera.fm. You can hear all my previous shows on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, MixCloud, DownCloud, Facebook, all at Choose to Be Curious, and on my website at choose to be I hope you follow me there and on Twitter at Choose Number Two letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your school bus analogy. Hashtag analogy. Many thanks to my guest, Asma Ahmad. Check out Zaha and links to more information about cultural intelligence on my website. Special thanks to our mutual friend, Muhammad Ali, for making the curiosity connection between me and Asma. We love you, Mo. Our theme music is by Sean Ballack. A Burst of Light by Del Rey from Blue Dot Sessions. And as you go through the week... How might you cultivate your cultural intelligence and reveal some more of your intangible heritage to someone else? I hope you'll join me again next time. And until then, choose to be curious.
1: I just want to encourage people, especially parents, to become intentional in the way they curate curate experiences for their kids. To like make to bring some sort of intentionality, help them to integrate like certain steps into their daily life, to introduce new challenges for their kids, and and to help them grow this curiosity and eagerness to learn from what looks different. They're doing their kids a a huge favor, you know, You you can give them money, you can give them education, but you've got also to bring their human intelligence to help them get through challenges in life.
0: Choose to be Curious is sponsored in part by realtor Christine Hopkins. Curious about real estate? Christine works with clients from around the world, using her time and knowledge to build community. As she likes to say, community engagement has always been my big why. Working in real estate has helped me express that. What makes you part of a community more than living there? For more information, visit facebook.com slash Nova Househunter.